This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, this is Tanya Ransom, creator and executive producer of Nightlight, a horror podcast featuring creepy tales from Black writers all over the world. And this week, I'm here with Tanya Liebert, author of The Drunken Tree. How are you, Tanya? Oh, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Excellent. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your inspiration for writing The Drunken Tree? Okay. Um, I saw... Um... Well, let me see. First of all, um, there is a poem that I remember learning in high school in Trinidad in St. Joseph's Convent, St. Joseph, called A Poison Tree by William Blake. Now, that, story, that poem has always stayed with me. And um, in fact, it's probably going to be featuring in the second book that I am currently trying to, you know, working to finish. That, um, so uh, what it's called, Heathen, Bloods, Heathen Blood and Stone is the title. Um, also, I saw a cover for a, um, a book of this, of a, um, the, uh, called, um, uh, uh, that, that, that uh, cover of a book. And I said, hmm. And then while I was writing it, it was supposed to be a celebratory, like I had already written a celebratory scene of, flavors and scents and transcendence, you know, in terms of um, consumption of a supernatural fruit. And then while I was writing and I was like, hmm, why don't we inter, um, inter why don't we just um, switch, swap between beauty and body horror with each scene. And I was like, oh, that sounds yummy. Well, let's try that. And at the very end, when I showed uh, Richard Thomas a key scene in a, a actually it wasn't even a scene, it was a draft of a scene. It wasn't a complete scene. And he went on to say when Michael Bailey was looking for stories for um, Cheryl Mad Five, he actually went on and said, I knew I forgot someone when Linda Addison had um, suggested me. He, you know, he he replied to her um, comment um, and said that uh, I just saw a draft of a story by Tanya Liber that made my skin crawl. I made Richard Thomas's skin fucking crawl. Yes. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's a goal for every horror writer, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And I don't, I think I just finished up a draft of it right then. So those are, you know, mission accomplished in terms of body horror. Although, you know, it makes you, it makes your skin crawl. So it, 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 that's all I'm looking for. I'm not necessarily looking for outside horror chills. I like something that just stays with you and maybe is a bit heavy. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think you definitely accomplished that with this story. Kind of like what, uh, you, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Terry Zinn. Zinni yes. Rockland does with um, which is the one where the uh, she runs into a deer on tour.com. That's oh, one. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I know which yeah. one you're talking about. I'll find you it and make sure we put it in the show notes. Heavy shit just just sits in your brain. I yeah. I had to take a break, and I have never gone back to it. It's just so much things have taken up my mind, but it's all in the back of my mind. But yes, like that. Sort of thing I'm like, but yeah. So yeah. that's really the inspiration, man. Nice. Well, like I said, I think that you did um, a great job nailing the whole making your skin crawl thing. It definitely made my skin <laughs> crawl. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's the thing. Um, I also borrowed from the fact that I have what you call trichotillomania. Now, this is going to get kind of gross, okay? This is probably why I made your skin crawl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OCD is called obsessive compulsive disorder. It doesn't mean you're obsessed about somebody and you stalk them. That's kind of not what it is. It's kind of like repetitive actions or this is for kind of OCD. I have the one that's in the head. I don't have the one that I don't have the type that gives you that manifests as repetitive actions, although I do have a little bit of that. Um, what happens is you have cool, what they call, lovely word for it, comorbidities. Um, so you have like obsessive skin picking. Some people are obsessed with plucking out their eyebrows or their eyelashes. Some people pull their hair out to the point where there's a bald patch. I have had trichotillomania since 1991 and that is why my hair is short and I hate short hair. And I hate the fact that my hair is short because of the trichotillomania. So sometimes you manifest obsessive skin picking as well. So I borrowed from my personal experience of that. And the thing is, you're never used to doing it. You're always revolted by the fact that it's a compulsion. Okay? Right. You're always revolted by it. People are ashamed of the patches in their hair. The group therapy sessions, we all bond because, you know, we're all ashamed of it. We don't want to talk about it. But almost everybody has a supportive partner or something or a friend or a partner or something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not that like they're bad girls people. You know, and they talk about the fact that, oh, my God, the hair is on the ground by the chair and stuff, you know, and we're all ashamed of it. So I just kind of put that into there. Yeah, well, I think that's a great way of dealing with the things that disturb us about ourselves is writing horror about them. Um, You know, horror is just as much about making people's skin crawl or scaring them as it is about exercising our own demons, I think. So do you have um, anything out right now that we can read? Yeah, I have um, something coming. uh, I've had the fortune of having uh, two publications, two things coming out in January. The first is with Apex Magazine that, you know, they had to go on hiatus because the publisher had a medical emergency of of a significant sort, um, you know, which, you know, couldn't do two things at once. 
personal health Oprah magazine magazine to, you know had to wait um but they uh it, they had published my reprint of my very first story called the ace of knives and the reason why i um that's the book that story started was because of a title i wrote a story around the title folks okay um it you know, it depends on how the inspiration comes, but um, that's what you get when you read a lot, right? right. Um, um, one thing started up because Stephen Blackmore was doing his horoscopes at that time on Twitter, and you know the hilarious, dark and hilariously and bad, um, you know, bad, you know, and, and, um, and goofy and everything. Um, but he's now um, reserved those for his Patreon um, patrons, um, so go and check him out. Um, but yeah, um, the second now they made my mind melt when they pub when they got it was free to read on, on, as of february the 16th and on that day they said we have published a certified genre classic i was like what <laughs> that's a pretty high Wait, compliment dude, that's my first ever published short story you're talking about what okay <laughs> that's pretty amazing it made my brain melt seriously yeah <laughs> I can imagine so. You can imagine the implications of what that meant for your career, going through your mind and all that stuff anyway. Yeah. And then they said certified awesome by students, professors, and reviewers and stuff like that over the years. I can't, right, I can't really talk what they said. I was like, okay, they backed up what they're saying. You know, um, that story has, how, that story has so much legs. Um, Tamara Reeve used it in her UCLA horror course. It's the same course that Jordan Peele crashed that became a Twitter moment that he talked about on Stephen Colbert that has a YouTube clip about it on, on YouTube published on Stephen Colbert's show. That's the one that um, he, that, 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 not, that uh, Jordan Peele also lectured in, that same course. And then writing the other, which needs no introduction. Everybody knows about writing the other in the, in the community. And if you don't look it up, um, Nisi Shaw, um, I showed it to her because half of me is seeking validation, half of me wanted her to, 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 to show her what I can do. Um, and, you know, and I got that back. You know what you do? Be careful what you wish for. Okay. Yeah. So one day she goes, I'm using that in my, I'm using that your story in my writing the other course, by the way. What? Just. Okay, so if she's still using it, and according to Tempest, um, everybody loves the story who reads it in the course. Whoa. So that story has a lot of legs, and you can read it free on Apex Magazine right now, as of February the 16th. And the other one is on, it's a, it's a fresh story called 10 Steps to a Whole New You. And what I did there was I flipped between standard English as the, um, the first line, or the first sentence, rather. <laughs> And then the rest of it is in Trinidadian Patois. And I flipped back and forth between that throughout the whole story. And I ended up narrating it as well. It seems nice. to have gotten some good. Um, people seem to love it. That's so awesome. those are the two things I have out right now. Uh, and where is 10 Steps to a Whole New You published? It's at, oh, sorry, Fantasy Magazine. Fantasy Magazine. All right. Mm -hmm. We'll make sure we put links to that in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. So if you had to recommend one piece of black horror, whether it's a movie, a book, podcast, web series, et cetera, what would you recommend? Hmm. Book. Let's Play White by Chizia Book. Burke. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I think she has some stories from it on Nightmare Magazine. Oh, awesome. Um, 
Um, it's, you know, every turn on a reef is, you know, she's doing shutter, she's doing um, cereal box. So Tanana Reeve needs, almost needs an introduction these days. So I'm just right. hoping yeah. up somebody else, you know, props yeah. to Tanana Reeve, but let's just try and make sure that they, she's not just the, the as, as the Highlander said, the only, you know, there can be only one kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, Prince Chesia needs some, need some props we need to know more about her she's doing yeah. really good things and she is irreplaceable literally okay yeah and i haven't heard of this collection so i'm pretty stoked about that um i will yeah, definitely like, still put um links to that and to tanana reeves um shutter announcement and uh mm -hmm. her cereal box story mm -hmm. in the show notes for folks who don't know about that or you know yeah, folks who do but haven't Panther? actually looked it up yet it's black Panther, right um, I think so. I can't remember for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the movie will be, of course, Get Out. Now, I say that as somebody who has not watched the whole thing. Around the time when, not to be too spoilery, which I will not be, but the, around the point where she tells him to sink, um, that's when I went, click. Nope. <laughs> You're like, nope. <laughs> oh, no parts of this. My no. worst fear okay is losing control of my mind yeah okay yeah that was a that's a that i know I, I understand why some people don't watch certain horror films i'm not all horror films but just some of them right mm -hmm. that's yeah. a trigger i remember um watching a little bit of the exorcist when i was a kid and i'm like nope <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i'm an atheist now so it won't affect me the same way but i still haven't watched it i'm still wondering how i react to it if i see the whole thing yeah yeah i think you know yeah. the more religious you are the more that movie definitely gets mm, to you you know i've spoken to people who are very religious who are like nope i will never watch that movie i don't want to watch that movie or i tried yeah, to watch that just, movie and couldn't it just, finish it, it yeah, it goes where you do not want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. uh, I mean, I remember when I saw the Mothman prophecies, mm -hmm. my skin thrummed for like three days because I was so, it just got to me. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, that's the kind of stuff, like stuff on the edge that mm -hmm. might be true. That kind of stuff messes my head. Now I'll go, okay, that's PsyOps. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But back then, I was still spirit, very spiritual. So, right. Um, but yeah, get out for sure. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a good movie. There's a lot of symbolism in it, and you know, I'm kind of sad that you can't watch it because it is such a masterclass. I, I will, I will try. I will try <laughs> I mean, there are movies, you know, you don't have to force yourself to watch something you don't want to. Oh, um, I want to though, because there's so much talk about it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there is. There is. I mean, for good reason. For good reason. There is so much symbolism in the movie. You know, the screenwriting is great. The cinematography is great. It's just, you know, it's one of those movies that every time you watch it, you catch something else that Jordan Peele did to add to the story that mm -hmm. that deepens it just a little bit. And, you know, as a writer, when you're looking at those types of things, I think it makes you a better writer. At least, it, you know, it helps me to see those things and look at how I can layer um mm -hmm. symbolism and things into my stories to mm -hmm. make them resonate more mm. all right so last question how can mm -hmm. we support you okay now um i am on mental health disability uh, remember the you know the trichotillomania 
There's other things that disable me, okay? Um, major depression, and I have a scary diagnosis, but it's not, um, it's not a, a psychosis, it's something else. Um, it's in the same family. So, um, you know, um, it affects my, ex my executive dysfunction is at legendary levels. And hence, you know, home care worker helping me out. Mm -hmm. um, I just can't. And then apparently now I found out that I may be undiagnosed. There's a very strong chance based on the fact that um, my doctor said I have a lot of the symptoms from the checklist, the initial checklist that she sent me, that I may be undiagnosed ADHD. It explains my, my ability to hyperfocus, but I can't do anything else, really. Right. Like day-to-day -day stuff, which explains that finally. And yeah. I approached my dad about it and he just talked sideways. Mm -hmm. And my mom, I mean, they used to come back. See, I'm like 46, okay? So I was born in 74. So by the early 80s, that thing wasn't even talked about yet. So what they used to call it for me was my absent-mindedness. It was so pronounced that on two separate occasions, my high school teachers wrote about it in my report book. You don't have a report card a report book. So there's every term you fill out something right what's going on what's happening with you and you have three three terms in a year basically so my mom wrote the first time the teacher noted and talked about my absent-mindedness and how something needs to it needs to be addressed uh, my mom said i was told that it would um improve with maturity and i was like hmm no at the time i was like really my mom went to somebody about it oh she knows about it oh she you know and i didn't really think too much about it but now it's like why didn't you tell me so that's why I approached my dad and I showed it to him. And, you know, I mean, all throughout my, 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 um, except for the last couple of years of my primary school years, except for one teach when, when I had one teacher, except for when I, the last two years of my primary school years. And when I had one teacher, every other year, people said too talkative, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, you know, I mean, I was hyper, so it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, there was this one memory I had of, um, of not bringing the belt for my brownies, but my, for the first time I was being sworn in as a brownie girl, as a brownie guy. My mom gave me such a tongue lashing that I remember that incident to this day. There's a picture of me with my hand there doing the swearing, no belt. Everybody else had their belts and everything, right? My mom was mortified, et cetera, et cetera, because of that, she was embarrassed and everything, you know, so she gave me a tongue lashing to suit. So, you know, things like that over the years. So yeah, I'm undiagnosed ADHD for sure. Right. But you know, the it's not all covered by OHIP over here in Ontario, which is Ontario Health Insurance Program, which everyone has. It's not covered by OHIP, so it's like two thousand dollars to do the entire test. Wow! Wow! So yeah, <laughs> um, but, but anyway, so long story short, Patreon Tonya Liber T O N Tonya with an O and a Y, as opposed to yours, which is an O and an I. Mm -hmm. Tonya for me, O and a Y, L I B as in book. U R D as in doctor, Tanya Library, patreon.com slash Tanya Library. That's a great way to support me. I go into a lot more detail than I do here about how it is to be a creative with mental illness, um, up, you know, updates on my writing and stuff like that. But I do not reveal um, on, on, in, in, outside of Patreon. Because you, right. get, you get bird picks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will make sure that we put a link to the Patreon in the mm -hmm. show notes. Thank you again, Tanya, so much for joining us today. I hope that you have an excellent day. Oh, I will. I will. Excellent. 
And thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with a brand new story. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.